This episode is brought to you by Feel Free from BotanicTonics.com. Feel Free is a small two-ounce shot made from kava and other ancient plants, and the feeling that it provides is incredible. It is euphoric. It gives you this sense of focus. It reduces anxiety, and it just puts you in a relaxed state in your body. Think of it as a plant-based magical elixir that can uplift your mood, increase your productivity, and give you the energy to do the things you want to do today. There are so many applications for when you can use Feel Free. A few examples are using Feel Free to get into a flow state before yoga, meditation, or exercise. People are using this as a kind of energy drink to go running for miles at a time. And it's also great for socializing. It just makes it easier to connect to people around you. There isn't this kind of background hum of anxiety anymore. It just really melts away. And that also makes it a great replacement for alcohol. So if you're ready to feel free, go to botanictonics.com and use promo code ZIAN40 for 40% off. Again, that's botanictonics.com, promo code ZIAN40, X-I-A-N 40, at botanictonics.com. This episode is also brought to you by Sheath, the underwear of legends. What makes Sheath different is the pouch on the inside. Now this is a game-changing invention that completely revolutionizes the male undergarment. These are the most comfortable underwear I have ever worn by far. They've got amazing designs and styles, super comfortable fabrics. My favorite is the bamboo and also the V, which is a long leg athletic underwear that doesn't ride up and it supports you where it matters most. So go check out Sheath at sheathunderwear.com and use promo code TIMEWHEEL to save 20%. Once again, that's sheathunderwear.com, promo code TIMEWHEEL.
All right, we are rolling and I am here with Equanimous. How's it going today, brother? It's going great. Uh, busy, busy day, but a good day. Yes, that's beautiful. You're always busy, man. You do so much. It's been interesting getting to see you know you and, and everything you're doing. Um, you're very much a multifaceted creator, you know, primarily music, but you're doing live experiences. Uh, you're throwing festivals, um, you're remixing tracks and like doing all this really fun stuff. And I'd love to just share that story with the audience here and uh, learn myself more about you because yeah. we've actually played together a few times um, in Austin, but we haven't really sat down and connected. So it's it's great to be here with you, man. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm happy to, to share some of my, about my story. I don't know how far back I should go, but uh, <laughs> I'll just kind of sum up by saying, um, you know, music was, has always been a big part of my life. And I was playing music from a very early age. Mm -hmm. I was, um, you know, in bands and I listened to rock music and I, you know, I, I, I loved all of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I was exposed to a lot of music and there's some musicians in my family. And so music has just been very present in my life and I've always been playing music. I, you know, I'm in my studio now and you can't really see what's around, but I've got 23 piece drum set to my left and way too many pairs of speakers that I'm looking at right <laughs> now and all these guitars. I know you can see the congas back there. But and where are you based out of? Grass Valley, California. Yeah. We okay. live on a, on a lake, um, which from it's kind of secluded. It's like 30 minutes from town, but mm -hmm. which Nevada city is kind of like the main town there in California. Um, but, yeah. but for, for me, it's great because I tour so much that when I'm home, I, I like to not go out. I like to just be here. Totally. And so, um, it's a good, it's a good spot for that. And it's really beautiful in nature. There's deers that will come up right to my front porch. <laughs> um, yeah, That's it's, beautiful. it's quite nice. Um, so, so you've been a musician since yes, you were a kid. Yeah, exactly. um, so as, as far back as you can remember, you had instruments around, you were playing them? Yeah, you know, I was, um, I was, yeah, pretty much. I was self-taught, um, really a, a drummer at heart. Mm -hmm. And um, and that kind of just expanded and grew into guitar and piano and all of that. And, you know, when I was in middle school, actually, I was fortunate enough to um, be in one of the first like electronic music programs oh, wow. that were available. Mm -hmm. And so that was really cool. And then I kind of took that into high school and I started learning about, um, electronic music and really just like felt a lot of love for it. Cause I could create, I could be a one man band. I could create all these yeah. tracks in it. And so I started at a very early age was uh, that with Pro Tools? No, that was with something called, um, well, there was a couple. There was like Performer. Okay. There was like music. Uh, what was it called? It was like maybe music like box. Digital Music Composer or something. Yeah, I don't know. And then GarageBand. <laughs> yep. I and then GarageBand. once Logic came out, meaning mm -hmm. like there was no Logic then, once <laughs> Logic came out, I was one of the first people to start using it. Yep. Um, I remember so, when that came out and it was like such a like elevated feeling platform. It was like, dude, he's on logic, dude. You know, it's like, oh shit. I know. And, and, um, 
I know logic was a thing. Yeah. And then, so, and obviously like, you know, I, I use logic primarily now, but I also use Ableton. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use Ableton, uh, usually when I'm composing with others. Totally. So, um, typically logic by myself, Ableton with others. And, right. um, yeah, you know, from there I, I, I kind of like went back and forth. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, in college I like made these like party anthems and that was really right for me. And then I kind of like went all the way to the other side and made an album of no electronic music and just like, kind of like, I was really into Sigaros at that time. So this like really epic ethereal rock. Nice. And then I've kind of found my balance in between of like, you know, of, of doing a mixture of the two. Well, and, when was Equanimous born? Right. So let's see. So I would say maybe like four years after I graduated college, I, went, I grew up in the East Coast, went to school out there too moved out to the West coast. Um, I kind of like was at this point in my life where I had, I had some free time Mm -hmm. and, um, and I, I actually, I had a, at that time I had more money than I'd have ever had because I won like randomly won a, uh, a fan duel fantasy sports football tournament. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was crazy. And I won over six figures in a day. Damn. And so, yeah, that was, and, and that like, was like, Oh, what do I do? And so <laughs> and that was really, that Sounds was like invested in wisely, man. You're doing, you're living the dream now. Yeah, That's well, happy. I spent it all in less than a year. <laughs> so, you know, I've, I've still had my ups and downs since then, but sure, sure. Um, yeah, but that, I mean, that was many, many years ago before I was even equanimous. And, and so what I did is I, I did a silent meditation and I did uh-huh. a 10 day Vipassana. And in that I learned the word equanimous mm. and, um, at that time I didn't have an Instagram. I I honestly didn't even have a personal Instagram, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I like kind of invested into someone to help me start an Instagram and start a brand and do all these things. And, you know, got some good recording gear and bought a car, Mm -hmm. um, which is how I spent all that money so fast. But, um, and then, you know, it goes to taxes and all things, but, um, sure. Sure. Yeah. So, so, um, it was actually a very spiritual experience for, for me because it felt like this, like kind of like, okay, like here, like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to, st- like before that I was literally, I was like busking in Venice in the streets and like, um, what else was it doing? I was like just doing odd jobs here and there, like, you know, mm-hmm. just to make money. And so, right. um, yeah, so, so from that, I learned the word equanimous. I realized this is the word that I wanted to spread and, yeah. um, and from that, Equanimous was born. And um, I really, you know. So you knew a new music project was going to be tied in with it? Was yeah. it this kind of rebirth of like what you it want came, to create as well? Totally. Yeah. It came to me in the silent meditation. I actually thought at first I was like, oh, I'm going to be a com- like a music comedian. And I'm going to do like tracks of music. And I like shared it with my comedy friends. Almost like Weird Al. Uh, yeah. Maybe not the I, same genre, but. More like Lonely Island. Like okay. more like you know you like songs, which I've actually started to do for fun now, and it's hilarious because I have a song coming out under my other project, Bliss Looper, um, mm-hmm. with some very subtle comedy undertones that that <laughs> that are not obvious, yeah. but when you know, it's absolutely hilarious. And so <laughs> I'm very excited for that. Wonderful. Um, which um, yeah, which is which I can share about, but it, but that's, it feels like a side note. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I, universe immediately was like, no, not the comedy thing. And they were, it was very clearly like be equanimous. You need to, like, I didn't, I wasn't going to be 
the comedian equanimous. I was going to be a musical comedy dude. My name was going to be Fuzzy Waka. Terrible name. <laughs> and, um, and so, uh, yeah, so I, I shifted though very clearly because of what I was getting. I was like, all right, you got to do this project. And it took me like a year and a half or so to even just put out like three or four songs, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because now I, you know, last year I, I put out 125. Pump them out. Right. So, so, um, you know, I really, it didn't really like start to pick up until, um, you know, bigger people were interested. I guess the first one being Ryan Hearn, Polish ambassador, and they put out my music on jumpsuit records. Um, and then Amazing. from there, you know, it was gravitas. And then I started my own label high vibe records. Cause I, I saw this big gap in the market of conscious labels where they really weren't focusing on Spotify, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was huge. Cause that's 70% of the market of streaming of streams of Spotify. It's a massive mm-hmm. number. Um, you know, if you think about all the competitors, there's like hundreds of them and yeah. Spotify is just way ahead. Um, totally. and so, so I, I really focused on that and I teamed up with some different influencers and we started high vibe records, which is all about spreading consciousness and good vibes and, and just like the genre of being high vibe, which is so cool. Cause then Equana, uh, Equana, then Spotify actually, uh, added the genre high vibe based oh, on wow. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm behind on the Spotify wave, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, people are different, you know. So a lot of people in the bass community also. I'm a YouTube, I'm a YouTube guy, dude. I just it's great. I'm listening to mixes, albums. It's YouTube all day for me. But yeah, but that's good though. I mean, it works for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I want- need to get on Spotify. You know, I go there when it's like exclusively on Spotify. But right. But that's awesome. But I really want to know more about like this spiritual path or this uh, certain type of genre that you wanted to explore because it's very niche. Um, you know, we're, we're in this community of what we might call like medicine music makers. Um, the, these are the type of shows that you're, that you're playing at, you know, you're serving this kind of very blissful, uplifting, serene, just like, you know, peace inducing medicine as I would call it. Um, yeah. And I just want to know, like, like, how do you find yourself in this wavelength, you know, like when were yeah. your earliest spiritual inklings and yearnings for understanding like high vibe, you know, like yeah, what, totally. what high vibes are, what vibes are at all, you know? Right. Um, I mean, obviously psychedelics played a big part in an understanding that. And I think yeah. my early psychedelic experience experiences really informed my mind. Um, mm-hmm. I don't do psychedelics nearly like I used to, you know, if I do them now, they're usually, it's just like a micro, a small amount. When uh, you started, how old were you? I was 18. 18. And what, what medicine did you work with? The first was mushrooms. And then I moved on to LSD, DMT. Um, I, I actually had a, a, a period of doing quite a, a lot of salvia. Mm, and salvia was very fascinating for me. And I would like take it and try to take notes. I mean, I haven't done that in probably 10 years. But totally um, it was a very fascinating one for me. It uh, was. Seems like yeah, yeah. It's, it, it was my first one because I was afraid of the legal status of everything. Interesting, but like I, I was like, I heard like you can get this legal thing called salvia, and it's like weed a little bit, but maybe it's trippier. But let me try it out. And so that was my first experience, and man, blew me out of the water. Yeah, way, oh, way yeah. more potent than weed. I know, and it's funny because like our community doesn't do it. When was the last time you heard of someone doing salvia? I mean, right. I, I literally right. haven't heard of one person that does that which is hilarious because to me it felt like the most insightful. Yeah. Um, in, in a lot of ways. In um, terms of like understanding there's realms. <laughs> right. 
right. straight up other worlds. <laughs> exactly. Um, which again, it is very interesting, but it, it's so, it's like so dissociative that I feel like right. people tend not to flock to it because it really will throw you for a loop unless you've got a strong grounded foundation. Totally. Um, I'd be interested, I guess, to do it again at some point in a safe setting, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, from there, you know, um, from there, I, I really got into meditation and um, different, you know, philosophies, different people um, that kind of shaped um, different, like teachers and things that like would shape my own philosophies. And I like just Alan got, Watts and Ram Dass and this type of stuff. Or yeah, uh, Ram Dass is actually from my hometown, but more like um, I, definitely Eckhart Tolle for a little bit. Um, Adi Ashanti had a, had a big impact on me, his teachings. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that, and there are other people too. Um, I would say that, you know, I was very healing focused and very, you know, I left kind of like the frat bro culture and went into the, you know, psychedelic kind of conscious loving culture. Um, or as you know, you said like the medicine community, I would even call it less medicine community, more of like the transformational, there you go. Um, conscious community, I guess you could call it. That makes sense. Um, and, um, yeah. And, and so, you know, I was very interested in, in learning a lot and I did, and I spent a lot of time doing that. And I, you know, spent a lot of time with nature and you know, I did ayahuasca and San Pedro and peyote and all those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then started equanimous. And then about a year into my equanimous journey, I did a boga. Oh, wow. And when I did a boga, my connection with spirit um, I feel like, and, and just the earth and the universe, I feel like it deepened on a cellular physical level more so than just, just mental and energetic. And from that, it kind of put me in this place of like, all right, I did what I needed to do in terms of, I, I made this body what it needs to be in order to now really focus in and live out my Dharma. Yeah, And then, um, and living out my dharma for those who don't know that word, essentially my, my purpose, my mission. And, um, and now I'm, you know, I joke about it with my friends, but now, you know, I, I say I'll only do one ceremony a quarter, whether it's a (laughs) ceremony or whatever, you know, whether it's a yoga, like not a yoga class, I like doing yoga, but, but different things. I, I, I tend not to try to get lost in the, kind of focused healing aspect of things and focus more on the healing through celebration and joy aspect, which I feel like I have kind of gone through physically through these different um, plant medicines uh, to get my system into a place where now I can, as I said, live out my Dharma. And so that's kind of how my spiritual journey has shifted. It's, it went kind of, in all these years from like an inquisitive learning growth, um, you know, place, um, which, which also sort of like carried over a little bit after the book, a little bit, but I would say for the, basically for the first 30 years of my life. And now I'm in this like Dharma based, my spirit is just like, do the work, like just do it. And, um, yeah. And, and as you've heard, you know, people might've said like, there's your Saturn return and these type of things, you know, someone said something that really resonated with me, which is your first 30 years of life. Um, you're an adolescent, you know, you're, you're becoming an adult, you're a kid, you're a baby, you're, you know, you're a young adult, all this. Um, 
then 30 to 60, you are uh, an adult. That's, that's when you live out your purpose. That's when you work. That's when you do what you need to do. And then, and I feel like I'm in that period right now of my life, 60 to 90 would be an elder where you're kind of like giving advice. You're also, you know, just kind of enjoying whatever it is to you. And then if you're lucky enough, 90 to 120 is what they call an ancient. Wow. There's ancient wisdom. And I, that really stuck with me. It really resonated with me. So that's kind of how I, um, see how things are going. Um, I'm in my thirties now and I, I feel like I am just at this. I feel like I've started my career, but I'm really just, just, just starting to blossom. Like you're just seeing the little, the little flower come out. Um, and that's where I feel like I'm, I am. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this period of my life and that's beautiful. how it goes. Well, it's a testament to these medicines, right? Because, you know, in a large part of the population, there's this stigma that people that do these things can't achieve anything. They can't produce sure. anything. They can't be successful. But like, I mean, my show is very much a testament to, yes, we can, you know, and look right. at all these people doing it, you know, so, and you're well, one of them. And, and also it's like, if you look at raw data, like if you just look at raw data, the people who are more successful in general, unless they're coming into money, but the people who have, who have g- gone into money themselves typically have psychedelic experiences. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Silicon Valley, people are taking yep. microdoses daily. Right. You know, and so. And Steve Jobs credits Apple, well, right? Oh, of course. To, to psychedelics. And everything. Yeah. And you look, I mean, a lot of these people um, have had this type of success. Right. It's almost because it's just like it breaks the, lim- the self limiting beliefs that we yeah. have. And we just see it as, oh my God, that was all just a mental construct. It was just a thought. I can break beyond that and not feel limited. And if I'm not limited, what do I want? What do I want to do? Right. Exactly. It puts us in that, that place. Was that, did that help kind of affect you to like do a podcast at all? Or was that separate for you? No, absolutely. And and I've done several iterations of the podcast as I was finding my voice. Um, I've had several podcasts I put to rest that had like 10 episodes, right? But this has definitely been like my most you know, um, long podcast and I, and I feel like very like, uh, in tune with it and, and like, it is the one for me. Right. Um, Good. it's really in my Dharma, you know, so I could feel beautiful when you were talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, which is why I wanted to also be on it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for being here, man. Um, I want to rewind a sec and go to this Iboga trip. Sure. Could you tell me a little bit about like what happened? Um, why was it so transformational? What oh, what yeah. was this body download, this body unlocking, this I'm ready yeah. for my next chapter in life? Well, you know, what, what happened? Yeah, so I've talked about it before. Um, I had always wanted to do it. I learned about it in college. I took a drugs and human behavior class and I learned about a boga and I was always very drawn to it. So I knew I was going to do it. Um, I, what led me to do it when I did it was I was going through a breakup. And so part of it was not wanting to feel those feelings, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And then the other part was I had just, one of my songs called Magic Monkey got picked up by a company called Viral Hog, which I thought they were going to like blow it up. Mm -hmm. 
but they ended up actually not releasing it because I requested a change in the contract, which I don't think they liked, which is funny. But during that time, I was like, oh man, like my career's about to change. I got to go do a boga now. I just went through the breakup. Perfect time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was the perfect time to do it, but I did it. I went to Costa Rica and did it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was really intense. Um, and how long did it last? How many days and stuff? Because um, so I, I heard it's it, like a one, two day experience. Yeah. So I did it twice in a one week time period in between three days. I would say like the effects probably lasted about 48 hours, but the like intense effects of like, you know, not being able to really get up. Like if you need to go to the bathroom, someone's got to take you there. Like, you know, where you kind of are just like still. And like, for me, I was definitely like puking and crying a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that that part lasted probably 24 hours Wow! and, um, both times. And then I would say like the after effects of it, um, probably lasted like a solid month where I was just like out of it. Um, I was literally sleeping on my friend Brent's, uh, Brent Pelly's a comedian in, in a lot of these videos. And so I was literally sleeping on his floor. He had a couch. But for whatever reason, I was sleeping. I felt most comfortable. There was like the couch and then like the table, you know, where you put up your feet. And I slept right in between on the floor. And, and I was there for like a couple of weeks just being a bum and integrating. And, you know, so that lasted probably a month. And then it took me probably like, I would say three to six months to really integrate the experience and, and understand what I had gone through. Yeah. Um, a boga is definitely not something that you can just kind of like wake right out of and be like, I'm good to go. You know, mm-hmm. I would, I would recommend for anyone doing it that they, that they give themselves months of time after to uh, process it. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it's unlike anything that I have experienced in the medicine mm-hmm. world. Um, and it's hard to compare it to anything too. I think like, there were some similarities of like Aya or, or San Pedro, but mm-hmm. not really. I mean, it, you know, yeah, it's hard to explain. Um, Is it, it was, visionary? I, Do you see like images? Yeah, and Yeah, not like, not like Aya, but yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more just like physical. Like it mm-hmm. felt like my roots were being shredded which I think is why it's so good for addiction. They like cut it. It's like you in, internally cut up your roots. It's like a surgery, like a spiritual surgery, wow. you could say. Um, and I definitely came back different after. I feel like I, um, I feel like the intern, like my body shifted internally mm-hmm. in terms of my actual cells and DNA and all that. It felt like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and it, it stopped a lot of my, like my desire for, um, lots of things after that, that I had had just went away. Like I, I didn't feel like I need, needed to do ayahuasca or anything. It was just, right. it was kind of like, all right, you're good. Now go. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, it was almost like the, it was like a training. It felt like this big warrior training is like, you've been through the training now go Yeah. do your, do your Dharma. And so, um, yeah, that's that's. Were you getting visions during that ceremony of your dharma, or not? No, not, not maybe you were piecing like, that together after. Yeah, no, it was more like it, it felt more like of a connection to just like the earth, like the inner earth, 
Mm-hmm. You know, like it felt like I was experiencing the vibration of some things that the inner earth experiences. Mm. And so like a root, like the consciousness of a root. I mean, it is, I think a, a root. It is. Um, yeah. So like, you know, and, and feeling what that means and feeling or, or feeling like what I want to give meaning to that of, or, or, or feeling yeah. You're just feeling it and, and being with it and like then having it in my system. I mean, I feel like I can still trigger it or activate it now really if I want to mm-hmm. because it feels so ingrained. And I feel like that gives me some connection with the earth in a different way and some power and um, some things that I'm tuned into um, that I wasn't before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. So as you're kind of coming out of that integration process, um, had Equanimous already been born or not yeah, quite so yet? I had released like, this is when I you had, had already all, released a couple things. Yeah, okay. I had released like three or four Equanimous tracks in, in like a year and a half though. So, yeah. you know, so after that is when I really started to, to make more music mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, I gotta go. Like I can't just like lollygag around and it's interesting. So I, I was, I was very fortunate enough to get this beautiful house in um, Valley Center, California, near San Diego. Mm-hmm. And, but we were like up in the mountains. And, and so it was cheap because we were up in the mountains, but we had this beautiful pool and a hot tub. And, um, you know, I had the master suite with my own marble bathtub and I was paying almost nothing for it. And um, I ended up sort of dating one of the... Uh, women who lived there and we had a a kind of a fun relationship. Uh, she was queer. So it was kind of like some of my, it it was, I got to be exposed to that kind of lifestyle of, you know, of, it it was just very lush, you know, like the the whole scene of like, Oh, being in a hot tub with multiple women and, uh, you know, just living off every day and not having right. And so my routine was basically that Mm -hmm. with, with like, I mean, not every day, but, but that with, um, making music and that's all I did. I just was there and I made music. I don't even remember what I did for money. I think I, at one point I did DoorDash maybe for like a month. I don't even remember. I think, Mm -hmm. I think I might've, Oh, you know what it was? I was still living off crypto money. This was like, right. As things were coming down and I was just living off crypto money and and just like Mm -hmm. spending time to integrate. And, um, right. yeah. And, and so that's where I started creating a lot of the music that, yeah. um, has come out fr- from me or at least some of it. And I didn't end up releasing a lot of it until years later, but that's, that was a big creative, creative portal for me. And mm-hmm. I started doing dances and just started getting myself out there more. Um, yeah. And, and so that's kind of like what my, my, they were very creative. It was like lots of creative energy and, mm-hmm. Um, I was the person I was dating at the time was very into modeling. And, and so I got to learn, you know, how to not look like this on camera <laughs> and just sure. like how to smile and, and, you know, be sexy and different things. And so, um, I felt like it was a good, a very good sort of integration for me after, um, this sort of like life body altering a boga experience yeah wow so 
how long after starting to create music more um, habitually was it that you decided I want a record label? And like, why? Yeah. Why did you want a record label? Because right. I also wanted a record label, and I think we're the type of people that you know, if there isn't a door, we'll build one. Right. Um, well, I had started the record label actually before that. High Vibe Records, I think in 2017. Um, but I didn't do anything with it. I released a couple tracks. I think we released like one Heather Christie song, one of my, it wasn't really, <laughs> it was like, all right, this isn't a thing. I got shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't pick that back up until 2020 when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was like, all right, I got to, not going to be touring for a while. I got to make money. I got to do whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just, I noticed that there was a lot of, um, I just noticed the power of a playlist. Honestly, yeah. I, I had been on, did a collab with DJ Taz Rashid and was on his playlist. And I was like, Whoa, mm-hmm. this is like how I'm, people are finding out about me. And then I noticed one of my very, very good friends, um, Heather activation vibration mm-hmm. had a, a playlist that people were listening to. Mm-hmm. And so I hit her up. I was like, Hey, you want to team up? And you know, I can make you some money from this playlist. And I knew how at that point through like submit hub and different sites. Mm -hmm. And I basically went to her and I was like, I'll do all the work. All you have to do is make one post a month on your story. That's it. And I'll pay you monthly. And she was like, yeah, dope. I'm in. I want to support good music. Of course. It's a no brainer. Like we're friends. Sure. So that's how high vibe records was started because, you know, we started that just as a playlist that, you know, I could help my own tracks with. Right. And then I realized that I could do that with multiple people who have following. So like we brought in a bunch of different people and influencers and Yeah, so it's like an influencer um marketing aspect to Spotify playlists. Yeah, Cur- we're curated. Which, which I will say though, it it like you know, we like I got a I got someone with like a 1.4 million Instagram followers to do this with me and I was thinking like, "Whoa, we're going to go big now. And it didn't really work. Like it's really less about the following. I realized and more about if the person's followers actually want to listen to music that that person is listening to. And if that's part right. of their brand. Yeah. That's kind of like going deep instead of wide. Right. It's like, exactly. Some people have the deeper audience. You might have 10,000 followers that just love everything you do versus a million that it's like, who are these people? You know? (laughs) Right. So I learned that through, you know, through working with different people and then I figured out how to grow my own playlists. And so, um, you know, and we definitely have a little bit of like a special sauce on how to do that, which, you Mm -hmm. know, I feel like is one of the kind of relatively proprietary things about our label. Sure. sure. Um, and, yeah. And then, so from there, it just started to grow. People wanted to release with us. Now we get so many submissions. I mean, we're, we're like getting a lot of submissions. It's hard to choose them, right? It is. Well, what we did is we just started sub labels. Oh, nice. So like we have high vibe records, which is like our, you know, mothership. Then we also have blissful bass, which is more on the bass of your side. I, I do still, I am, Hey, putting this out there universe. I am looking for the right person to run the bass label, the subsidiary mm-hmm. bass label of high vibe records. So if you think that's you, Hit me up because we haven't found the right person yet. Um, mm-hmm. And but we have like Beautiful Way, which is Mikey Powker's um, folk kind of the folk label side of High Vibe Records. Um, we have Thrive Records, which is the positive affirmational hip hop side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, we're just we're we're growing that. We've got Convergence, um, yeah. which is more of the like ceremonial aspect 
um, things, which Ruby Chase, my partner, is um, kind of beginning and starting to run. Um, and so, yeah, yeah you know, just growing as as more artists want to release with us, you know, we say no to the songs that don't fit, but to the ones that do, we just need more outlets for them and more support and more staff and, you know, more money to, to get more playlists and all these things. So, um, right. you know, everything we make, we've just put it back in the label, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Same, you know, it's very much a passion project and it's interesting, you know, cause I, I'm such a passionate person, uh, towards music and sharing it and curating it. But I also don't love the business, right? You know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm trying to like find a middle ground where it's like, yes, the business gets done, but it's not overwhelming or too stressful. You know what I mean? Um, and to that, I like really, really strongly recommend this to artists. Like a lot of these teachings are like, you have to be your own artist person and your own business for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's true, but you can also delegate that. And so like, if your system doesn't want to do the business side of it, I highly recommend mm -hmm. delegating that, pay yeah. someone, whatever Find you need, someone, it's going yeah. to believe you. Yeah. And that's like, you know, that's, I mean, I've delegated a lot of what we do on the label. So right now my only job on this record label is to say yes or no to music. That's awesome. You know? and, and <laughs> sort of yeah. I feel very grateful. We have really great staff. I mean, yeah. I'm like so grateful for my staff. So um, you know, it's, it's just, a, it's just the same thing. It's like, if you're a musician, you just keep delegating until, you know, until you don't want to do it anymore. And, and usually delegation takes money, right. but my thing is like, look, if you'd rather be a waiter for three hours a week and just take that money and pay someone else to do the music business side of it for you, it's like, mm -hmm. would you rather just be a waiter for three hours and, and, or like one shift, whatever it is. And like, mm -hmm. and do your music or would you rather like really dive into the music business side of things? And so it's important to know that I feel like if you're a musician, especially if you're a musician listening to this, it's important to know like, Hey, you don't actually have to do the business side of it, but someone does. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know artists that, that actually really love the business side right. of it. Um, right. And exactly. then I know artists that ha want nothing to do with it and they're, they have an agent and they won't talk to anyone. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. And, and that's about finding your balance, you know, and right. what you want, what works for you. Well, amazing. Great to learn. I want to ask real quick, I was about to jump into High Vibe Fest, but before no. I do, I was going to ask, like, if you were to say, what is the type of music you're looking for with High Vibe or what does High Vibe represent? Yeah. Um, the type of artist, the type of scene that you're trying to build. It's high vibe. That I mean, it's like positive lyrics. Um, I don't, I, I've like rejected songs if the lyric is like, I am sad or something. There's nothing wrong with venting and being sure. like, I'm sad. I think a lot of people can connect to that. And a lot of pop music is extremely negative. You know, if you listen to yeah. lyrics and pop music, I would say 95% of it is like very, very heavily negative. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what people resonate with. So um, for us, we're trying to do something different and, and put out positive lyrics. And then for, we, you know, most a lot of our songs don't even have lyrics. So for those, it's like, it's just about being uplifting, you know, and mm -hmm. like, not super dark, um, but like it could be a house song, it could be a bass song, it could be, you know, a folk song, um, a, a hip hop song. For us, it's really just about it being high vibe, if, you know, inspiring, evolutionary. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think hopefully that's that. your question. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Very cool. So, when did High Vibe 
festival began and what was the impetus for that? What, where did that, the origin, what's the origin story? We need to do a festival. Right. Well, you know, I started doing some shows in Nevada city and I had been, I, first of all, backstory, I had, I have booked for other festivals. So I've been like a a talent buyer for other festivals. Mm -hmm. Um, so I knew how to do that. Um, I started, throwing shows in Nevada city, just my own shows. Cause I was like, wait, why am I, why would I play a show for $500 mm-hmm. when I can curate this whole experience and get paid way more and have like awesome artists that are on the label. And, and I was like, I just tried it and it worked. <laughs> and we like rented out a park and we did it and it was great. And we did a couple one day events mm-hmm. um, and people seemed to really like it. And but even a one day event is like a lot of work and energy to hold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were doing like a couple of years. So I was like, you know what? I'd rather just, instead of doing three events in a year, let's put them all together in one weekend and I'll do one in a year. Yeah. And so we tried our first festival last year. It was great. Um, we, as a first year festival, we profited, which I'm very um, grateful wow, about. Nice. Um, and um, yeah, you know, it was a beautiful weekend and, and people seemed to really like it. We had 1100 people there. However, it was a lot of work. And I basically right. said, I was like, look, I'm not doing this again next year unless someone hits me up and mm-hmm. is like making it very, whether it's an investor or someone that's just like making it very obvious for me to do. Right. And, you know, December rolled around. I was like, all right, I guess we're not. I basically was like, it has to be before the year. And I was mm-hmm. like, I guess we're not doing it. And then I got hit up uh, by a venue, Mandala Springs. Um, I guess the person who was working for us had been talking to them and they were interested in, in partnering with us. And, um, it felt like the message from the universe that I needed to do it. And so, you know, going into it, I was like, do I have the capital for this? Is this the right thing to do? But we just kind of went for it. And, um, our budget has, just like way increased from last year, like Mm -hmm. more than double. And, um, that's been a bit of a scary thing because (laughs) if we don't sell the proper amount of tickets, you know, I have ways of covering that. So I'm not like, I'm not nervous. Like, I mean, everyone's getting paid, but, um, it means that there's just going to, you know, most likely be a year off, I'll say for next year or, or be a shift or something, which, um, I don't want to happen. And, and of course we could do great. We could, I mean, the festival's not for another month. We could sell plenty of tickets in this time and do really well. And we did get off to a good start. So, you know, it's all very possible, but it's very up in the air, you know, being honest. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of people are excited about it and a lot of people have bought tickets and it's going to be a beautiful experience, but in ter- mm-hmm. from a sustainable, um, viewpoint. I just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it, it could really, it, honestly, it could be great. We could make a ton and it could, it could, um, be great, but, but, you know, I feel like I'm, I've chosen to do it because it feels like, you know, before I talked about Dharma, this almost feels like karma. It feels like, um, something that I'm being asked to do as a, as a, a part of the point of my service. Yeah. And, um, I am very clear on it that I'm definitely going to do it different next year in terms of how I manage it because it has taken up um, more time than I would have liked. Sure. But, um, but from a service standpoint, it feels, it feels like similar to high vibe records of like, 
hey, this might, this is like good and exciting for you. It might not be like, you know, I feel like I'll always have high vibe records most likely, but at this point, like I said, I've created high vibe records where my job is something that I like now. I get to say yeah. yes or no. Before I was working 18 hour days, you know, mm-hmm. all the time. And so, um, and so now, you know, where I'm at with high vibe fest is I feel like this year is kind of like the year where I really, again, like did a lot and, um, and to create a beautiful experience. And, you know, the experience is all about the same thing of our ethos as our label spreading high vibes, positivity. You know, there's no alcohol at our festival. Um, all the food is organic. The soaps in the bathrooms are organic. You know, it's at more like a lush property where there's like a Creek. It's not in the desert, you know? So, um, it's up in Northern California, May 4th to May 8th, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's more about just, um, growing the movement and, um, you know, being a place where people who, uh, people who haven't been exposed to, to this type of living can be, um, which is a very privileged way of living. I do feel like I, I feel like most people in the world are probably concerned with like surviving and eating food and making the rent and like this way of living definitely requires, um, you know, more of an abundant mindset, I would say. Um, you can do it. You know, it's not like you need money. You mean, you can Mm -hmm. still like, you can grow your own food and and be organic and all these things. But for those who don't have time, I do feel like it is a, um, you know, there are resources that are needed. And, um, yeah, my hope is that if we can just spread this vibration, that it will grow to everyone who wants to be part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been to a number of transformational festivals is, and it feels just like something that you're always hopping around from this one to that one and, and all this. And what is it that you love about these containers? You know, cause now you're, you're yeah. making the container on your own now, right. which is right. awesome. Well, it's my place of work now, which is super cool. Like, I don't think I would go to a festival unless I was playing it or like a really close friend or my partner or something was playing it. Sure. Um, which when I do, I've done that a couple of times. It's been super fun because I don't have to play and I just get to enjoy. Um, I really do love festivals. It feels like a place where people can come and really express who they are. Um, it's a place for joy and celebration and healing and transformation and exploration and, um, and yeah, really just like what I would call um, evolved healthy celebration. And yep. so I, I really love that. I think those experiences can be super cathartic and, um, you know, as great as like doing a boga is and healing and getting into the roots and crying and puking and everything out, you know, there's a place for that and I'm very appreciative and grateful for it. Mm-hmm. And my natural desire is to have cathartic experiences even more profound than that, but in a state of bliss and love with beautiful like-minded friends and family and community. Right. And so that's, you know, that doing it, doing it for high vibe fest. It's like that. It's just like, you know, these festivals are growing in that direction. Like, okay, there's somewhere you can only have organic food at, but like, I'm trying to take it to the next level, you know, Mm -hmm. organic soaps in the bathroom. Um, you know, having the artists that we book to, ones that wouldn't typically play songs or lyrics that are, you know, could be detrimental to the human mind, you know? And so, um, it's like, it's what I see it. It's like, 
it's kind of like the, um, yeah, just, just more, more of that within the festival yeah. culture. Community. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So we're, we're very similar people for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not, not done Iboga, but I'm getting a lot of the same messages that you're getting, um, from these other medicines, you know, like psilocybin and DMT and, uh, sure. DMA and stuff, you know, I'm like getting into this, this understanding of, yeah, the karma and the Dharma, you know, like what is my karma? I need to better my life, clear things out, um, heal past wrongs or just things that are just left, you know, without a, a resolution. And it's like, clear all that out, make space for new stuff, new energy. And it's work, you know, it's, this isn't easy stuff. This yeah. is like e- ego, uh, work, work on softening ourselves and even staying compassionate for ourselves, but also wanting to hold that space for community. And it's a lot of work. Um, people don't necessarily know. They, they kind of just say, hey, you're just getting high and playing music. But it's like there's transmutation processes going on, you know. Um, what would you say about how do you stay in uh, that high vibe? You know, what's your maybe daily rituals around how you eat or the practices that you have or just maintaining positive states of mind? Because sure. in, in every industry, there's reasons to get dissuaded. There's reasons to give up hope. And it's not just the music, you know, it could be a apparel company. It could be a football player. It could be so many things that there's always, even in these enlightened feeling communities, challenges. Of so how, how do you maintain, you know, yeah. like your homeostasis and your peace and your equanimous, equanimousness? Yeah. Equanimity. <laughs> the word. Equanimity. Yeah, but it's great. Um, great question. Um, I definitely meditate. Um, and I don't do traditional style meditation where I just, I mean, I do sometimes where I just like sit and, and feel my body, but, um, I'll check in with my body a lot internally and that helps a tremendous amount. Um, I eat only organic food. I don't eat dairy. Um, I, you know, I, I will say eliminating pesticides by eating only organic has made a massive difference. And I recommend to anyone that they do that i know it's i had a friend on my podcast tell me he actually got rid of some worms or something like that did does that happen to you oh yeah (laughs) we've got some weird stuff for sure that is crazy i mean it's been a while but yeah um um i mean i've been all organic for a while even the shampoos and soaps i use are all organic the um Mm -hmm. i bring you know a pillowcase pillowcases with me wherever i go that are organic so that my face is only the touching organic things. Same with my clothes are all hundred percent organic, um, from my socks to my boxers, to my sweatshirts, to my everything. If you You don't already have an organic clothing line, I can feel it manifest. I know. I I know. And there, and of course, like, you know, I do have a couple of brands that I work with that I rep. Um, I love one golden thread. They're made of beach modal. Um, I've seen them really cool stuff. They are the only company that I wear that has like 2% like lycra or, or 2% oh, sure. like of something else in some of their clothing. Some of it's still hundred percent. Have you ever heard of sheath underwear? No, I have not. We have, um, Modal, which is that beach tree underwear. Super oh, comfortable. That's cool. Yeah. That's, Super awesome. comfortable. Over. that's I'm curious about that. The, um, yeah. it's, with socks and underwear, I find very challenging. It, the only, there's only one brand that I have found that is a hundred percent organic. 
Um, as a, and same with socks, Maggie's is the only brand that I've found, which is randomly from my hometown. Newton Masters is so, um, but <laughs> no, for sure. We'll send you a care pack. I'll get you yeah, some, sh- some sheets. I think you'll enjoy it. That's cool. Um, but, um, yeah. And, and then, you know, um, really love, um, Warriors of the Divine. They do those angel wings that I often wear, um, which is made of silk. And, um, for me, like, you know, I personally, look, I don't, I, I do care about animals and I, I don't want like. I never want an anime animal to be killed for fur, but I prefer wearing like silk or like fur or something over the like fake vegan leather kind of things. Cause mm-hmm, it's not, mm-hmm. um, it's honestly not as sustainable. That's a whole other conversation. Sure, sure. About, Cause I'm not totally sure about it, but, um, yeah. So I would say like the clothes and the, um, and the food that I ingest and put in my body, um, you know, if I ever smoke ganja, I'll make sure that's organic, um, mm-hmm. everything. Um, and then in terms of like my, yeah, I I would say just, just staying true and authentic and checking in with myself is, um, oh, we're getting some sun here, some light, I would say, um, is how I do it. And then when traveling, traveling can be hard because it can be really dehydrating to travel. And so, um, drinking lots of water and having, um, I have elements, which are like, uh, elements, they're like, um, like a salt, uh, like an electrolyte. Oh, right. Um, they're very, very, very helpful elements yeah. made a massive, massive. Difference. I have some of those. It's not element brand. It's another one of the big brands. I forget the name, but yeah, yeah. those are delicious. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that, it's really just about, yeah. So staying organic, that organic lifestyle is really yeah. just helping you stay peaceful daily. That's awesome. Yeah. And just like, if there's, is a conflict or come up with anyone, just like work it out, squash it. Right. Communication, right? Communication. Don't let it, don't let it sit or linger. Right. Um, That's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. This is amazing. Um, As far as like what you would like to see happen with your music and, and where you would like high vibe to go, uh, you know, next five, 10 years, you know, what do you see as like an awesome vision of the future for what you're trying to build? Yeah. So, you know, I see us as, um, the conscious major label. Oh, I love that. So there's three major labels right now. There used to be four. Um, and most, and those labels own the majority of like all pop music and it, 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 and they have their own sub labels. Like Columbia is like a sub label of another label, you know, all that. And so I see, you know, that's where I'd like to go. I don't know if we'll get there, but I'd love to have high vibe records be, you know, a major label that just has subsidiaries. And it's kind of like, um, you know, high vibe records is kind of like the standard for conscious music. It's like, if it's coming out of high vibe records, you know, it's like almost like safe to listen to. Mm. Um, and that's where I see, I want to expand that into food and clothing and everything. It's the whole high vibe brand. Um, you know, the clothing I'm not as concerned about. I think that'll just happen over time. Um, I do, I do, I am, you know, in a very slow process, but in the process of having like a high vibe approved stamp that goes on food, um, to know that it's organic and healthy, but that might not happen for many years, to be honest. Right now I can only focus on so much. So focusing on the experience of high vibe fest and and then mainly Equanimous and what I'm doing with Equanimous and Bliss Looper, um, my other projects. And and so, Yeah, I'd like to see. I'd like to see. I'd like to see it as a very strong part of mainstream culture, and um, you know, I think that will really only come if people are willing to 
um, be part of it. Yeah. And that's going to be up to them. And, you know, we're seeing it slowly. Like people are starting to do mushrooms more than they are drink alcohol when they go out, mm-hmm. you know, at low doses, of course. Um, but, yeah. you know, it's like it's like the it's, it's the expansion of hippie culture, basically yoga culture. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's this. So there's the psychedelic renaissance we're in the midst of. Right. And I think people like you and me, um, you know, we're, we're riding the, the wave. We're on the yeah. almost on the top of the wave. You know, it's funny because. When, when I got started in this, uh, it was almost like people didn't understand what I was doing, right? It's like, what is this music? It's so weird. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because right. like, there's like local music in San Antonio and in Austin. There's, there's what's popular. And then I'm just like trying to put out this kind of shamanic, uplifting, spiritual vibe, experimental, progressive uh, mind philosophical mind expanding philosophical stuff right and for a long time it was like we don't know about that but then you know you keep at it and they see the numbers going up and you know all this and that is like damn that's dope you know (laughs) it's people out there exactly you probably have way less competition in san antonio but also probably less Mm -hmm. you know a market um, which i think is growing you know yeah um so yeah, you know, first of all, thank you, right? Like, keep mm-hmm. keep on keeping on doing that. Yeah, stuff. you too, man. Um, and I, you know, I think that people kind of have tended to feel uncomfortable about this kind of music because their system, yeah, they know They're, it will mean change, and so the system's like, yeah. whoa, I don't want to change. Right. I'm good. You know. Yeah. And so it's like, like co-regulated to that music that has like depressive anxiety. Exactly. Cause it makes them feel stuff safe in it. Right. Right. It cause it's like, I'm being understood, you know, it's right. like Which this artist understands they me. They won't have to, you know, if you're, if you're constantly in a depressive state or you're in that loop, you know what I mean? It means you aren't going through the experience of like the kind of what could be I mean, it could be joyous, but it could also be suffering. It could be pain. It could be, you know, like a, a difference. And so the system knows that they might have to go through that. So they're like, no, 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 I'm good here. Right. You know, and, and some people that's, you know, if you look at like the big universal picture, some people are just meant to, I, I honestly do feel like some people in their lives are kind of just meant to be there and they're meant to do that. And they're meant to live, you know, more fearfully, but then take that fear and do something supportive with it whether that's as simple as like you know being a like a an attendant at a grocery store Mm -hmm. or um use it to like create some kind of a safety belt or something i don't know you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily think that that's a super bad thing unless it's like spreading on others negatively which of course has happened Mm -hmm. in certain ways in our history but hopefully that is changing and um yeah i think I think it's just all kind of what's happening and if we can just kind of align with the natural evolution of us and do what we feel like we are here to do, um, Mm -hmm. that it will all evolve. I mean, it has to evolve or it will destruct, you know, I doubt it will just sustain itself in this way for years to come. I think one or the Mm -hmm. other will will most likely happen. And I think both will happen simultaneously too in different ways. So. 
Well, we're seeing the, again, the, to bring back the psychedelic renaissance idea, you know, they're reporting on magic mushrooms and MDMA on the nightly news now, like right. big channels. I've seen cannabis leaves on Times Magazine. Yeah. I've seen mushrooms, I think, on Times Magazine okay. in the in Walmart and in the grocery stores in Texas, H-E-B, you know? Yeah. So we really are seeing this uh, renaissance, and I believe it is going to just continue happening. And people will work with the medicines that they're being called to. You know, sometimes you're called mm-hmm. to one and not called to another. And I think you really just need to, like, listen to that. Um, and as they're unlocking to these deeper understandings of what it means to be a human, we want to raise our frequency with the things we're enjoying, whether it be film or videos on YouTube or the social media accounts we follow or the music we listen to. And so for me, that's a big part of that mission is um, almost having that platform, almost that Netflix is, is how I almost see time wheel. And I know Netflix doesn't do music, but we're trying to like make this like hub, like you Mm. come, you come home, and you put your Netflix on and you scroll around, what do I want to watch, right? But it's like, we put Time Wheel on, we put High Vibe Records on and what's new, what's, oh, well, let's, re- let's revisit yeah. that release or listen to this podcast. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a platform for High Vibe content. Um, yeah. So we're definitely both doing that and that's really cool and I'm, and I'm glad to, to meet you and to learn more about your story doing this. So that's really cool. Um, Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's great yeah. to witness you to like grow in your own medium too, you know, because yeah. we all yeah. need to, we all need to play our part. Totally. Totally. So I can feel collaboration simmering, but um, <laughs> I just wanted to kind of start closing the conversation down, just kind of get into this idea of, uh, of our life path and how we know we're on the right one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, what are signatures, signature tones in your life? where you started to feel like some kind of like higher life path for you, your Dharma, you know, was opening up for you. What yeah. shifts were, I mean, were occurring or signs from the universe? Yeah. Like I would say it's very obvious. And for every person, it's very obvious. I believe in the emotional guidance system. Mm-hmm. I believe that, that if you're feeling good and yeah. I'm not talking about like a hedonistic good, I'm talking about a sustainable good. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about like you feel really good and then you wake up in the morning and feel like shit. No, no, no. I'm talking yeah. about, there's a, it like, it ups your feeling of, of gratitude. Do things that, that boost that and just keep going. And if there's something that comes in that makes you feel bad, you know, a lot of people in the healing community will be like, oh, I need to go into that. It's a shadow. I need to like heal that so that I can do right. And that's, that can be real. And if you're, if you feel good about healing that great. But if it's just simple negativity, like healthy negative energy, Mm -hmm. right? Because negative energy can be very healthy because it tells you what not to do. Yeah. So it's like, oh, man, I feel bad that I did this. Oh, well, now I know not to do it. Right. Right. And it's like, oh, this made me feel really good, like really, really good. I know to do more of this. Mm -hmm. And so it's very, very clear. It should be very clear and obvious to your system now. The system, of course, can be tricky because of these like past patterns and trauma and all this stuff. And that's when it, I would say it is good to like heal the shadows, do this and do this. But if you, you know, are operating from a clear and healthy system, Mm -hmm. then it's a lot easier to tell what to do and what not to do because one just feels good and the other doesn't. 
Right. It's that simple. I mean, even when I like are booking flights, I'm like, all right, should I fly out the day before or the day after? <laughs> oh, what feels good for me and what doesn't? True. I mean, this one feels good. I guess I'm just going to do that one. Right. You know? Absolutely. I mean, I second that and I almost didn't even realize that's what I was doing, but I do that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it just like takes that mirror, like someone saying it slightly different. Someone like you saying a thing that you would say, but you know right. what I mean? So it's yeah, interesting. You, just, you learn from conversation and oftentimes yeah. we learn even like all I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this where like mm-hmm. you'll say, someone will ask you a question and then you'll say the answer and then you'll actually learn as you're saying it. You'll be like, oh, that's yep. the answer. I like just yeah. said you know what I mean? Totally. No, absolutely. That's beautiful. Yeah, it really sums it up. You know, it makes it really simple. Um, it's just uh, follow that good vibration. Um, and it really is that, you know, I think most people probably listening to the podcast are pretty well aware of that, you know, um, at this point, because the, the audience that, you know, would enjoy this is definitely of the spiritual, of the psychedelic, of the, the high vibe culture. So um, that does make sense. And it just keeps it simple. So I definitely appreciate that. And I, I like to give that message out so that artists and creators and someone that wants to just do be a part of these culture, the, these festival events, whether it's just serving food or dancing or hula hooping or whatever they might do, you know, like can feel confident in their path and like get out there and do it because there can be this negative mind that uh, is all consuming for some people and they just, just keeps them trapped in this box and they just, they don't get to go out and do the things they know they want to do. There's this like level of fear. Um, and I suffered with that before psychedelics. Um, and psychedelics helped me very much. So take that weight off my shoulder of just like the worry of how I might be perceived or these types of things. It's like the judgment, fear of judgment by other people. Like once I started to see that's all an illusion, that's all just, it's just a hamster wheel running in the program in the head is like so much of the things that we think is happening are not happening. And it's just this little mental loop we get caught in and meditation and ice baths and saunas and dance and music and all these things, you know, really help shake that off. And I just love to give that um, advice out to people that could, could benefit from hearing it, you know? Totally. That's real. Yeah. Well, Aquanimous, thank you so much for being here today, brother. It's been an honor hanging with you. Um, How can we invite people to listen to your music and, and check out tickets to high vibe fest? Yeah. So for High Vibe Fest, just go to highvibefest.org. Easy. Um, and uh, yeah, for for me, for Equanimous, I think just you can pretty easy to find. Type in my name on any music platform, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, SoundCloud. Um, follow me on Instagram, at Love, And definitely check out our playlist, High Vibe Radio, which is the um, kind of all this high vibe stuff we were talking about. Um, that's the playlist that we've curated to kind of um, mm-hmm. spread that. So, uh, is there a first record that you'd maybe recommend someone dive into your work? Um, yeah, I think my newest, um, Frequency Flow 11, is a good kind of like all-encompassing tale of my sound. Um, yeah, I would check out Frequency Flow 11. Awesome. I haven't heard that one yet, so I'm excited to dive in. Yeah. Okay, brother. Well, thanks so much for being here, and thank you guys for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Much love. Much love, brother. <laughs>